Today is Friday, May 5th, and you're listening to the Morning Announcements presented by Betches Media. I'm your host, Sammy Sage, and the Morning Announcements is your daily five-minute breakdown of the headlines that isn't afraid to take a side and roast the most consequential reality show there is, our government. Our final episode of the week begins with more scandal at the Supreme Court. It's like Panic at the Disco, except they write both sins and tragedies. As if the annual luxury vacations and private jet rides from a conservative mega-donor weren't enough, ProPublica has now reported that the same billionaire mega-donor, Harlan Crow, also paid private school tuition on behalf of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas for a teenage grandnephew that he was raising as his son. Thomas and his wife took custody of Mark Martin when he was six years old, And as a teenager, they sent him to a private boarding school in Georgia where tuition was more than $6,000 a month. A bank statement for the school from July 2009 that was unearthed among unrelated court filings showed the source of Martin's tuition payment for that month was Harlan Crow's company. That's a write-off, I'm sure. According to a former school administrator who had access to the school's financials, Crow paid for all of his private schooling, estimated to the tune of approximately $150,000. Thomas did not report the tuition payments from Crow on his annual financial disclosures, though years earlier he did disclose a gift of $5,000 for Martin's tuition from a different friend. Unclear why he reported that one and not Harlan Crow's. The only explanation I have is that Harlan Crow is actually Bradley Whitford in Get Out and has been writing opinions from inside Clarence's body for the past 30 years. Shortly after the ProPublica story broke, the Washington Post reported that Justice Thomas's wife, Jenny Thomas, was paid tens of thousands of dollars for consulting work at the direction of conservative activist Leonard Leo, and that he had specifically instructed her name be left off of billing paperwork. Documents show that in January 2012, Leo instructed none other than Kellyanne Conway to bill a nonprofit group he advised called the Judicial Education Project and use that money to pay Jenny Thomas $25,000. That same year, the Judicial Education Project filed a brief to the Supreme Court in the landmark case Shelby County v. Holder, which weakened the Voting Rights Act. And I bet you can guess which side Clarence came down on. In all, documents show that Conway's company paid Jenny Thomas's consulting firm $80,000 just between June 2011 and June 2012, though they did not indicate the precise nature of the work that she did. Does anyone else feel like these people do a strange amount of large financial transactions with their friends? I personally have never seen a Venmo history quite so lavish. Four members of the Proud Boys were found guilty at trial yesterday of the rare charge of seditious conspiracy for their participation in the January 6th attack. Enrique Tarrio, Joseph Biggs, Ethan Nordine, and Zachary Rahal were found guilty of seditious conspiracy, as well as nine other counts. Overall, the jury only reached a partial verdict and split decision among the five defendants who were on trial. They also declared a mistrial on some counts that they were unable to reach a unanimous decision on. One of the five defendants, Dominic Pozzola, was found not guilty of seditious conspiracy. But of the other nine counts, he was caught on video smashing a window of the Capitol with a police shield. So he was also separately found guilty of a tenth count of stealing the police shield, as well as assaulting, resisting, or impeding certain officers. The other four defendants were acquitted on that charge. Generally, they appeared to be more critical in the planning of the insurrection than Pozzola was. Either way, these five will take their place among the approximately 200 other people who have been found guilty of charges related to the insurrection. 
though curiously, none of those guilty counts have been for the one guy who everyone was insurrecting for. If a physical insurrection isn't going to succeed, people will still look for other ways. State lawmakers in Texas advanced a bill in its Senate that would allow the Secretary of State to overturn the election results in the state's largest county and order a new one. Let's unpack this. The Secretary of State is handpicked by the governor, and the bill was written to apply specifically to counties with a population over 2.7 million people. Incidentally, this only applies to Harris County, which includes Houston and the surrounding area. The bill specifies that election results could be thrown out in counties of that size if 2% or more of the polling locations ran out of ballot paper for more than an hour. That is a new one. Apparently, the genesis of this bill follows criticism by Republican lawmakers over polling issues in Harris County during the 2022 midterm elections, where 20 polling locations ran out of paper, with just over half of them in Republican-leaning areas. The bill will now be considered in the Texas State House, where it is expected to pass and be signed by Governor Greg Abbott. So maybe just like get a lot of extra paper? I feel like we probably shouldn't be running out of that anyway. On Wednesday, a man named Jordan Neely was killed on the New York City subway by a fellow passenger who put him in a chokehold. 30-year-old Jordan Neely performed as a Michael Jackson impersonator on the subway. He was homeless and was allegedly yelling that he was hungry, while pacing back and forth on an F-train car, before he was restrained by at least three people, one of whom was the 24-year-old U.S. Marine veteran who put him in the chokehold that killed him. The medical examiner ruled his death a homicide, though that does not necessarily mean it will be prosecuted as one. That will be up to Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. It just so happens that the man who strangled Neely has retained attorney Thomas Keniff, who actually ran for Manhattan DA against Alvin Bragg in 2021. For our last story today, we have an update on the drone explosion at the Kremlin. The Russian government has now moved on to blame the United States for dictating the attack, without any evidence a claim which the U.S. has strongly denied. The Kremlin has since been focused on attacking Kiev and Odessa and consolidating control of the territories they have occupied. Meanwhile, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky has again called for a tribunal to prosecute war crimes by the Russian government, which the U.S. and other G7 countries have supported exploring. Though unclear if that emphasis is more on the support or the exploring. Thank you for listening to the morning announcements brought to you by Betches Media. If you're enjoying the show, we would love if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts and or a rating on Spotify. We at Betches really appreciate your feedback, and I personally find it really helpful to keep improving the show. And if you're looking for some more news conversation from Betches, the Betches Sub Podcast hosts discuss Clarence Thomas's latest gifts, Donald Trump's polling lead over Ron DeSantis, and much more in depth. And then they take voicemails in our newest segment, The Listener Town Hall. You can find it in the Betches Up podcast feed as usual. And until next week, I'm Sammy Sage, and now you know what the fuck is going on. Betches.